you can carry around with you in your pocket. Today is book club number six, and today's selection uh, comes directly from a recommendation from Coach Mike Neighbors at the University of Arkansas. The book is Generation IY, Our Last Chance to Save Their Future, and this was written by a gentleman named Tim Elmore. And basically, uh, this has nothing to do with basketball, but it has everything to do with basketball. The way our youth think today, the way we need to adjust our own thinking to communicate with our youth today, uh, there's a lot of really, really good stuff in here. I'm not going to go over everything. I'm just going to go over some key points that Elmore talks about here in this book. Um, the biggest chapters to read, in my opinion, uh, if you only have time to read two chapters before the season starts, read chapter 6 and chapter 12. To me, those were the two most influential chapters in the entire book. The whole book is good, but those are the... Uh, those are the two most influential ones. Um, so I'm just going to go through some quick hitters here, um, some rapid-fire stuff. Uh, damaging parent styles, Elmore talks about. And, and some of these we know. Uh, and there's a list. I'm going to hit a few that we have to deal with as coaches here. Uh, helicopter parents, which is well-defined. Volcano parents. Uh, these are parents that erupt over small issues. Um, and we've, you know, if you've, again, if you've been in this profession any amount of time, you have a You've had probably a volcano parent. You also have uh, groupie parents who treat their kids like rock stars. Uh, they can't do anything wrong, that type of stuff. Um, he goes through a list here, seven lies that can disable a generation, and three of them that I want to uh, talk about here on this list. Um, you can have it now. Um, the IY generation, the youth of today, they get everything now. They have uh, their patience is minimal at best. Uh, waiting is a lost form, uh, that type of thing. Um, participation. You're a winner because you have participated, which again, we've all been there and dealt with. Uh, you can get whatever you want. I think this is really important here. Uh, this generation has not been told no very often. And when you tell them no, they don't, a lot of them don't really know how to handle it. Uh, I've relayed the story before on podcasts where um, when I was a teenager, I was throwing a fit about something teenage-ish, and my mom told me, I love you enough to tell you no. And that has always been something that has stuck with me. Um, true love means telling somebody no from time to time here. Uh, some beliefs that the generation IY has about themselves. Uh, I want to change the world, which is an admirable trait. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to change the world. I want to work to make a difference. That's really, really good. Um, the big, sometimes though, the way that their minds think is they, they are living in the now. They're not thinking ahead. Uh, they want material things now and they'll worry about the debt later. Um, you know, another thing here, uh, telling the kids the truth. Okay. And having to tell them, no, uh, the truth sometimes hurts. Sometimes you hear the truth and it hurts, and it's you have to be uh, smart how you tell today's youth the truth because they don't necessarily want to hear the truth, especially if it's a negative truth. Uh, even if it's constructive criticism, uh, they're used to finding something that fits what they want that makes them feel good at this time, and so that's difficult for them to handle sometimes. The truth can be difficult to identify. Um, 
I was listening to a, a podcast earlier today talking about uh, the Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal beef and why Shaq couldn't stand Kobe and Kobe couldn't stand Shaq. And in some ways, both of them were very, very right. And in some ways, both of them were very, very wrong. Sometimes the truth is hard to identify. Uh, but the biggest thing is, and we have to emphasize the truth that uh, will eventually set us free. All right. So how do we do this? How do we how do we work with our youth here? Um, I think you pose certain questions to them, um, and and we have to be the ones that pose the questions because sometimes coaches uh, we're the ones that are put into a tough spot because we are the ultimate truth tellers sometimes, and and the ultimate truth teller in our situation is playing time. And when we get into a close game uh, in the fourth quarter, um, that is the ultimate truth teller as to who we truly uh, trust. And it's an unspoken thing, but at the same time, it's very clearly spoken what we believe in and who we believe in. So how do you handle this? Um, Some tips that are talked about in the book. Uh, you ask your your IYs, as he refers to them, and as Elmore refers to them, uh, what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, what qualities in other people do you most admire? And then try to adopt those qualities. Um, what statement will be written about you in your obituary? How are people going to look at you ultimately when you are all done? All right. He also talks about uh, letting your players play to their strengths at least 75% of the time. You know, sometimes we as coaches, and we're trying to do what's best and what we think is right, and we're trying to take weaknesses and make them into strengths, but sometimes we get so focused on weaknesses that we forget to focus on players' strengths. And so let's emphasize their strengths and minimize their weaknesses, as Gene Steinmeier told me one time. Um, Learning and how this generation learns. Uh, In the order of learning from the way they learn the least to the way they learn the most. Uh, the number one thing, or the, the, the way they learn the least is verbal symbols, reading, okay? And then it, and it goes to visual uh, symbols like drawings, uh, recordings, still pictures is number three on that list. Uh, motion pictures and TV is the fourth thing, so seeing things visually. So if you're watching film with them, if you're watching a huddle film, let's say, uh, that's the fourth. Exhibits, demonstrations. Uh, contrived experiences, so experiences that you put them in and practice. That would be seven. So situation scores, that type of stuff. That's where they learn the best, uh, or that's where they learn third to best. Uh, dramatize experiences, so you get into the game. Uh, you know, you 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 talk about it. You explain it. This is what we're going to see. And then the the biggest way that they learn is through uh, purposeful, real world experiences. You know, how do we handle being up one point with 20 seconds left and having to defend the best way for them to learn it? The best way that their minds process this is actually going through that process. All right. I thought this was really reading because sometimes we think in in our minds as older people that, uh, you know, reading and things like that. And, you know, (laughs) this is book club. um, So I'm a book guy, obviously. But this generation for every one book they read, they watch 35 movies. Think about that. 35 movies for every one book that they read. That is a crazy number, but according to Elmore, that's the research. All right? So how do you connect? Here's here's uh, three things. You develop a healthy, trusting relationship. Okay? They want that. They want that with you. A healthy, trusting relationship with the teacher or the coach. They want an active learning community, an interactive learning community, and they want 
a creative and innovative approach that stimulates the creative side of things. So in practice, you have to be creative with things. Uh, your drills have to be creative. Create leagues. Uh, do the same things a lot of different ways because they're going to get stale. The way their minds work, uh, they're going to get stale with things very, very quickly. All right. Um, what? Do, how do you know? What are some other ways they thrive when it comes to creative learning? Um, they they love relationships. Uh, they want pictures and stories. Participation is hugely important. They want to have that back and forth. All right. And I think it's really important that we emphasize to them that not everything needs to be fun. And coaches don't think that you have to recreate everything. Not everything needs to be fun. But we need to somehow continue to work on bridging the gap between how we teach whether it's verbally, this is how you get through a screen, or this is how we want you to back, uh, box out, or this is how I want you to shoot the ball, and how they learn. We need to continue to work on that. And that's something that you need to think about as you're heading into your seasons here. How am I going to communicate with these uh, players effectively? All right. So some more things. Uh, they need to have a reason. They're not just going to do it because you tell them to. What's the reason? Why are we doing this, Coach? What's the, what's the overall reason? All right. Uh, they like unpredictability. They like different things. Um, so find a fresh way. Um, you have to have their interest right away. Uh, according to Elmore, the science says you got about four minutes to really capture their attention. And if you haven't captured their attention, they're going to tune you out pretty quickly. Uh, they love the group aspect of it. Um, keep your messages simple and focused. The more complicated you make it, the more difficult they have. All right. And one of the things I'm going to wrap up with this, Elmore talks about how every student, every one of your players has some sort of leadership potential, all of them. And Coach Kwasniak talked about this a few weeks ago when he develops leaders out uh, with his program in Cleveland. Um, every player on your team has leadership potential, and you need to develop the leadership skills in all of your players. And so... Um, you know, Tim Elmore, Generation IY, I encourage you to read it. Uh, again, if you just have time to get it before your season gets started or early on in your season, I would jump into chapters 6 and 12. Those two chapters for me were the most helpful. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this book club. Um, I think it's a really vital book. It has nothing to do with basketball, but at the same time, it has everything to do with basketball because we have to be willing to, to meet our young people uh, halfway. It can't be just the way we did it or the way that we're comfortable. We've got to start thinking outside the box because coaches, if you don't, they're going to jump to a different sport or they're going to jump to a different activity. Why? Because it's entertaining, because there's a relationship there, because this person will listen to me, all of those different things that the youth of today look for. All right. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter. A pen and a napkin is our handle. Um, email us if you have any suggestions, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. I really hope you enjoyed this book club edition. And as always, coaches, be sure to hone your craft one day.